Kimchi Radio on CNBC 7 XM Radio News. I wonder if I could, I, w- I wish I could nail, I can't do any um, accents, right? But I wish I could do a, uh, a Werner Herzog. Like that, because that would, I feel like that's the back pocket accent that if you can, if you can nail that one, there's nowhere you can't go. Yeah, they'll let you into any party. It was a brutal WTDG. <laughs> no, that's not even remotely it. It's a dark and quiet night. No. Two friends talking about video games. WTDG, a show the about video games, the video games and the people who play them. The video games are a collective of humanity and... None of this is making it in. I can't. I can't imagine that any of this is right. Well, maybe next time. Practice. Maybe next week. You know, I. I've been. I. I. I, was, I think I was talking to you about this. I, this is always good in a podcast when I just mentioned that I was mentioning this to you, and then I begin to reiterate it uh, while it's being recorded. But that there's, I like your... there's a commercial where for New Zealand. And they're uh, they're like uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. What do you think about New Zealand? And then she's like, Ah, oh, New Zealand is crazy. They've got so many special effects. And then so, and then a bunch of New Zealanders come on, and they're just like, New Zealand has potential. We know we're changing the world. Nope, I lost it. I had it. I, I've had it before. I New Zealand. I think I have to change where I'm potential. Sitting, so it's going to change my New uh, Zealand volume. has potential. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself. New in, Zealand has special effects. Where do I want to put myself? Where, where can I get this microphone to? I feel like I have to like lean forward. Ah, oh, everyone in New Zealand. In the right place for my microphone. See, that was like almost the first half of that is a real. Um... Oh, everyone in New Zealand knows we have so much potential, right? They're making special effects in New Zealand. I think that's something. I don't know if that's you know. It's hard between. I feel like Australia and New Zealand accent. You can tell the difference when you're really hearing it, but I don't know if I could do it off the top of my head, you know? It's Which is the one that they call kiwis? New Zealand. New Zealand. Kiwis. kiwis are, yeah, they're the bird. Kiwis, right? Weta. Yeah, that's all New Weta Zealand. Weta Workshop, right? The Weta Workshop is sick. New Zealand. We have so much potential over here. We're changing the world. Oh, I was getting it. That's almost it. Like, these are... This is... I mean, if this is a bad accent, then it's still closer than... Typical American I making do, right? fun of a place way better than it. I, I mean, Americans are just punching. Uh, we're always punching up. So you're allowed to do that. That's that's what comedy is, James. You don't punch down. You punch up. And everyone that's is better cool. than us. And you're, so I'm allowed to make fun of everyone else because I'm punching up. Everyone looks at no one in another country would be like, oh, wow, look at this American thinks he's better than us. They're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. We got special effects over here. And you guys got nothing. That, see, that was around. almost. They, see, like they need something. They need something. We got potential. New Zealand. Do we, do we have potential? Well, we don't. We don't. We have potential now. Potential. We we have a little bit of potential. You got to admit, uh, America makes the best TV. Makes the best movies. We make the boys. We probably America. Make the we best. make the boys. We probably make the best video games. I'd have to think about it. I feel like everyone makes good video games. We make the boys. Except maybe China. China doesn't make any video games. They make they make gotchas, coin slot operators, and so does Japan and Korea, but 
China makes the games that you hear about on YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. they stole my land. This game is hard. I want to get this grain back. I, I'm going to kill these these knights. Wait, better yet, let me own this kingdom. I'm going to make the corn. Speaking of uh, Korea, I've been playing a lot of Yakuza like a dragon. And How is that speaking things... of Korea? Oh, okay, well, can I get to it? The can main you? thing is in this area in Jinsho, there's this... um. Sort of this sort of alliance, but sort of like Cold War sort of stalemate called the Ijin Three, and it's like a, a Japanese mafia, a Chinese mafia, and a Korean mafia are all sort of like in a gridlock. So there are these different areas that are like this is like a Chinatown area, this is like a K Town area, and there's a side quest where uh, you have to get people to eat this really spicy kimchi. And after doing that quest, I was just like craving kimchi for like days. And then I actually found that there was a new Korean grill that opened up nearby. And it's amazing. It, it's so good. Their kimchi rules. And I've just been ordering from there. Usually I don't order from like the same place multiple times in a week. Uh, but I had to. Kimchi has really, potential. Kimchi is really good. Also, it's kind of hard to make your own. Yeah, well, it takes quite some time to make. Yeah. Very healthy for you. Yeah. I, I've I've been playing a lot of Yakuza. The like secret to eternal life is fermented foods. They always say that. So have you ever seen that website? I think it's called like Time to Beat, and it tells you... Time to Beat. It, it's a website that essentially tells you like how long a game is. And oh. it's like, this is how long it would be if you mainline it, and this is how long it would be if you did everything. So I went there because I was curious, like, how far along am I in Yakuza? And they're idiots. They're clearly morons on that website. Or they're clearly people who have a different philosophy of what 100% is in these games. Because they said it's 45 hours to see everything in the game and, like, 38 hours to beat it. I gotta tell you that, I'm, I'm 60 hours into Yakuza, and I am not... I'm I'm near I'm in like the last third of it, but I'm not like close. And if I wanted to do everything in it, I feel like that would be 85 hours. That game is still good. There comes a point in that game where every single cutscene is like an amazing reveal because they do so much like setup at the beginning of the game and at some point, since the game is so long, you kind of forget some of the stuff that you saw at the start. But there's such a massive payoff once you get to like the the later third, and it's like, oh, every single thing that we've told you so far has mattered, and it's all going to culminate into this massive showdown. So, even though the gameplay is so great, it's 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 honestly the story that's pushing me forward in that game. I'm really excited to see it through to the end. Wow, it's a it's an undertaking to finish a game like that. I don't know why I can't finish uh, narrative driven games that are they especially get that long. It's very difficult for me. This one is really gripping. I don't know. I I care about what happens to the main characters so much, and I just like I want things to go well for them. On WTDG, so I, I guess we. Oh. This is WTDG. Continue the first. Continue the thing you were gonna say. Oh, I was just going to... I don't even know what I was going to say. I was there, just you wanted things say, to go like, well for this main character. Yeah, he's such like a bumbling idiot. Uh, and it's and it's kind of fun to play a game where it's like, okay, this character is an absolute moron. 
and the only thing he's good at is fighting, let's see what kind of moronic things he's going to do. And it still has this weird thing of being absolutely absurd and then having these totally serious cutscenes. One of one of my attacks right now, my character's profession is a chef, and there's a attack called like pepper mill pulverizer, where you take out one of those giant like pepper mills and you bash someone over the face with it, and then when they fall on the ground, you sprinkle pepper on them. So it's a two-part attack um, where you smash them on the ground, and then if you time it just right, that pepper deals the extra damage. Does it give them like a status, like a poison or sniffles? No, if I wanted to give them a sniffles, I have to hit them with a cold attack. And if I want to hit them, and there's also, of course, the chef can, uh, you know, flambe and like shoot fire out of their mouth because that's what chefs do. That's how they so. get the fire, yeah. Chefs are a type of a, they're they're kind chefs. of like a battle mage because they've got like um, physical attacks where they've got like the those knives. But then they also have like magical attacks with the fire and stuff like that. So, you know, pretty good class. Yeah, James has playing, been playing so much Yakuza that he thinks that we call them chefs, which is the Japanese, of course. Chefs? Chefs. 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 Yep, that's the plural. I think we have it. We have to have a similar thing where we got to build up like uh, in the beginning of this episode, we'll mention that you're my uncle. And then we'll Why? call back. To, I don't know, because we'll call back to it later on. And then we, it's similar kind of thing where it's like people are going to throw that information out. And then we'll call back to it later on and we'll, sh- we'll shock them that you're not my uncle. You know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Write that down. All right. Hold on. I don't have any paper around me. I won't write that down, but I'll try and remember it. All right. What else have you been playing? This is, this is the Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. For me, it, today was Thanksgiving because I worked yesterday. Um, yeah. And uh i got to actually do my my family things my fooding today and i opened a bottle of wine that i bought for 180 dollars in 2013 um that i was saving for like i was like maybe a wedding or something like that but there's no chance i'm gonna get married so i i I realized at some point like this should be the wine that i open if trump is ever assassinated or removed from office so here we are thanksgiving 2020 i get to open the wine it's a little it's not, preemptive. It's not I the mean, one I wanted, but it's it's preemptive though. Yeah, you're why well, you're you still think there could be some some tricks? No, I, I just think that there's going to be a better like the day when he actually gets like removed from the White House. Mm-hmm. One thing that's really exciting, and, and I think that it is a little too early to get into politics, but so I'll say this one piece and leave it's it too that. early to get into politics, even though we seem to always do. Uh, I'll say this one piece is it's because of all of these like um, lawsuits. Um, that Trump keeps losing. It, it's great because it's like every day he's losing again. Yeah, that's so, very so that's exciting, been, right? That's been really fun for me. Well, I um, mean, everyone has been joking about how it was just like, Biden won the presidency, and then the next day they're like, no, we finished counting Pennsylvania, and he really did win it. And it's like, Biden won the presidency. And it's like, Georgia, they finished counting, he won it. Biden won the presidency. Georgia's doing a recount, and he won the recount. Jo- Biden won the presidency. Like, and... Oh, they're they're about to ratify the results. What are they going to do? It's Biden. Biden won the presidency. Biden won the presidency, and that's been you, you know you you gotta love it, especially when you're on this side. Yeah, so I've been digging it. Um, for Thanksgiving though, I didn't really do anything. I did a Zoom 
with some family. Uh, and Alyssa made some mashed sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts. And then just chilled out. That's nice. Do you have a protein? Uh, There's some protein well, sweet potatoes. cooking turkey is really challenging. Uh, so we got yeah. deli turkey. Turkey is altogether problematic as a... I don't even like turkey. Yeah, I don't know if anyone does. That's the thing is like... It, turkey, even when it's cooked very well, still is very dry. Like, there's no other meat. Like, like chicken can be good enough that you're just, like, eating wings or something or eating cutlets or fried chicken on its own. It doesn't necessarily need the ketchup, especially, like, the really high-quality chicken is like, oh, no, you don't need any condiment here to make it good. It's going to be juicy enough on its own. But something like turkey is... Even the best turkey and prepared the best, it's so dry on the inside. Like it, it's it requires stuffing and gravy and all these things to make it edible, which is bizarre, you know. Gotta make you wonder why we're killing these birds to begin with. Makes you wonder. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've just been taking the extended break to catch up on video games, which is very hard because then they've got like the. The, the steam autumn sale and everything is cheap but but then i feel like I, i'm trying to reduce i'm trying to beat games and get them off of my plate but but something in my brain is like well what if you buy another game yeah what if you just what if you just get another one so i'm trying to stymie that urge yeah you don't need a you don't need a jrpg i don't need another jrpg because i've already got yakuza yeah, I have a, I do have such a um, innate hatred, a, a dislike of these JRPG games because I grew up with JRPG games and they really skirt by on their laurels. Like they, there's and there's so many. If you look at, uh, it, it was weird. It was, it was especially. It, it's always annoying to me to look at the way that JRPG games are reviewed because there's tons of small outlets that are. Like that have like JRPG in the title and stuff like that that are only reviewing these like Octopath Traveler and oh, what's another terrible game? Bravely Default, and they're just like Bravely Default is a good game. Oh God, no! You know it's not. You've played it. A, I job, beat the, the the combat in that game is awesome. I will play Bravely Default. For too. yeah, the the combat in the game is is great and it doesn't sustain the game of that length. Did you finish Bravely Default? No, I didn't have to. I played it until I was satisfied, and then I stopped. Okay, then, like, I, there's, yeah, sure, there's something to say about that. But also, yeah, that's, that's another problem with these, like, the, JRPGs are are riddled with inherent flaws that are baked into the recipe of JRPGs these days. They're, first of all, they're insane length. They're the games that, like, like it, let's say, like, an American shooter or something stupid like those are usually six to ten hour games right where they can pack in a you know boilerplate story and a lot of cool set pieces and gameplay moments and in a in a couple sittings even if you work a full-time job you can finish them but jrpgs are by their nature these overblown epics that are completely by the numbers and they want you to play 80 to 90 like 100 hours to get anywhere in these stories and even then you're not rewarded with something all that unique 
Like it, it, Bravely Default, I I finished Bravely Default, and That's I rem- I, rem- I remember how mind blowing it was that Bravely Default like re- makes you replay the game multiple times. How long it is, how repetitive it is, how absolutely not worth the payoff of all this buildup it is. Oh, it's so horrible to think about how bad all these games are. Well, what about Persona Five? It's the only one that really like kind of gets. Also, Yakuza is a very good game. Yeah, it's the only one that like Persona Five. I, I always say is above that. Not for not only just for how different the um, the the actual combat mechanics are. Like in Bravely Default, has a good setup. The braving and defaulting, but I love braving. Yeah, but and the 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 time of of the I battles like I like the job unlocks I. One thing I love in games is unlocking new jobs. That's I like know. my favorite. My favorite thing is like you got a new class and it's got all these abilities and you get to. That, that's why uh, I loved Final Fantasy Tactics and it's why like Fell Seal is one of the best contemporary tactics games. Just like all those classes. Yeah, I mean that's. that's why, what... And I was just gonna say, and that's what I liked about Bravely Default. I, I do I like that that is one of the things that really kept me with Brave Default is like the different characters and how many different classes there are and combining the different classes and even the way that the characters look different when you change their class. I, I do appreciate those things and that is something and, I like. And you're gonna tell me, you're gonna tell me you're not gonna play Bravely Default too? I, I it wouldn't be an admittance of liking this series. Like and I, I would I would want to not because I, I try to be better than that. Like I'm not gonna play wow shadowlands right because that's because i have some respect i have a little bit of dignity well so i don't have to play wow shadowlands i guess now is the time that i should tell you no you didn't that i've been playing wow shadowlands you didn't baby. it didn't even it can't even be new, out no roll the new shaman roll the shaman i've been playing it you did not yeah i i paid to boost a shaman up I do not believe any of this. I do not believe a word out of your lying mouth. Your deceitful mouth. I'm not mouth. telling the truth. I'm, I'm trying to get your goat. No, you you didn't get my goat at all. Yeah. You didn't even get my gander. And I I I, I don't want to play these games. Like I don't want to give these games money. The, the, there's every two months or so. I'm I, I have uh, a friend or someone who is like mostly just you know just just you or or maybe Galloway too. That is like, uh, thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper for these here music. We use the intro and outro. You can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them on YouTube where you can get all the links to their merch. Um, the, like, oh, look at this game, Atelier Riza. They're, it, it's getting such good reviews. And that's always how this starts is like, oh, look at these good reviews. Look at the Metacritic. Look at who gave them the reviews. They are absolute paint-by-numbers garbage. These companies are just making these games over and over again. They're like, oh, I got an idea. How about a blonde protagonist most of the time? Sometimes it's a brown-haired protagonist. And he has a sword, and he comes from a village. And this girl comes to the village, and she's you know being pursued by this horrible... Uh, kingdom that's evil or something and then she has to stop it and the little boy with the sword gets caught up in all this stuff and he's going to go across the land where there's a swamp and a, a mountain and a jungle and he goes to these places and you have to fight the same enemies over and over and over again for a story that goes nowhere and it turns out that this is how it turns out all right well the reason why uh your philosophy here is full of shit is because you didn't mention amnesia once 
The boy has amnesia. He actually is a secret demon from 2,000 years ago. The the great brave knight, uh, Stonewalder, and he forgot his memory after he was reincarnated as a 16-year-old Japanese boy with a sword. And he's, he's wearing slightly dark clothing with red trim. And he has to go on the journey after meeting this girl for 13 minutes after his village burns down. And then he learns about the truth from his father, who was the ex-swordsman, Malkai. And this is like, it's, it's just, uh, it's awful. Like, I feel like it just writes, you can just fever dream your way into and out of any JRPG story that's terrible. Like, and Persona, yes, Persona is the one that I hold up as, like, it's the, it's different. It's, it's a different setup it's more unique it's more that they have a lot of like if interesting psychological elements tons of characters that have their own emotional dramas and they have a combat system that really punishes you for not doing the right things instead of just a like numbers game like a grinding and numbers game i hate these games like i'm I'm so frustrated with them because i used to love them and it's the same reason why i have a dislike of current gen pokemon games because I love Pokemon so much and it's something that has not grown up at all with me that, that it's it's insane to me how little those games have evolved that like there's no one asking for anything more and then there's this niche group that is just that, that they the developers kowtow to where they just make the exact same game by the very numbers and then this niche group and you go on metacritic and and read who's writing these reviews and they're all like this is amazing you won't even believe the fact that atelier riza is they are making a new world of jrpg games where the boy is 16 year old and not 15 and he uses a bow this time you've never seen a jrpg like this and like that's what that's what they want is like they just want the same shit just shoveled directly into their mouths Year after Did you year. Know Galloway played um, 50 minutes of Atelier Riza. Maybe we should get him in here. Oh man, that's more than he's he's on Long Island right now. Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro. You can get it off the new album Pop Songs 2020. You can find them at YouTube and where you can get the links to their merch. Very cool. Uh, and the, and it was even more annoying to see that Indivisible is kind of weirdly rated a 77. And it doesn't really have major outlets reviewing it, but these outlets that are like the very outlets that I speak of when I speak of their insane praise for just a completely by the numbers JRPG were like, I don't understand what's going on with this indivisible game. And they, they gave it a 77 and yet Octopath Traveler got a has an 80. It's three more points on Metacritic than a game that is trying to do so many new, unique, and interesting concepts and things, you know? Terrible. Dang. Terrible. So you've been playing more Indivisible? I have. I really, really like it. It hasn't stopped uh, surprising me with new things. Um, I, I, I really love the boss mechanics. I love that they go in between uh, Metroidvania and platforming and uh, overworld combat into these different fights. I love the fights. I love the idea of like how often you get used to that. Like the timing of blocking is so tight that you really have to see these enemies to the point where you you get like frame perfect on parrying these these blocks. And the characters that they give you are like at, even early on they give you characters that are 
kind of complex. Like I explained that the first character has a taunt move. So while you're thinking of these like combos and juggle combos, you have to think about weaving taunts in. Um, they go way out of the box, like very quickly. And, uh, to, and to, to your point earlier, one of the most exciting things about JRPGs when, when you were a kid probably is getting a new character or a new class or unlocking a new class. And this game is like so aware of that, that like every 30 minutes they're like, how about we give you a character that has a completely niche, like interesting fundamental difference with all the other characters and can totally change your, your entire battle plan. They have this, this healer uh, that like, I, I just love this, this concept where she drops puddles on the ground. So the characters that move to attack, like warriors that have to walk up and attack will walk over the puddles and heal themselves. And you can also get it so that like certain characters attacks make them move rapidly back and forth which means they would be they would be triggering the heal over and over again. So there's like all these different. It's insane just how many combos there are. I love the voice acting. The story is the story is fairly generic, but the characters are what kind of separate it. So it's a really good game, and especially since it's so cheap, um, and I, I the the combat is so interesting and like timing based. I, I I recommend it so far. That's good to hear. How far into the game are you about? I think five hours. Okay. Pretty good. How long? So. How long do you think it's going to be? Have you looked it up on Time to Beat? I haven't looked it up on Time to Beat. Do you have this information for me? Let's take a look. Time to Beat. Indivisible. Between twenty-three and twenty-four hours. Okay, that's a fair amount of time. Yeah. What Let's else have see. you been playing? So, I was a little apprehensive about it, but I decided to pick up Fuser which is the new game by Harmonix. The, you know, you know Harmonix. They made Guitar Hero 1, 2. And then Rocksmith, right? Rock or band. no, Rock Band. They rock made band. Rock Band. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else they made. They also made a game called Drop Mix. Drop Mix was a, I think it was a mobile game uh, that where essentially they had like these physical cards that had like codes on them that you could use to redeem and get songs in Drop Mix. And it seems like Fuser... A lot of the formula from it is borrowed from drop mix, which is something that Harmonix, for whatever reason, refuses to acknowledge. Um, I haven't played drop mix personally, so I can't talk too much about that. But Fuser is essentially a game where you play as a DJ, and what you're doing is you're mixing different songs together. So there is around a hundred songs to start with, which is a pretty pretty big amount. And it has it has a lot of hits. I think that it has something that like, if you were to pick up this game, you'd probably know over half of the songs in it minimum. Uh, they've got like "Call Me Maybe" by Carly Rae Jepsen, "All Star." They've got uh, "Ace of Base," "Childish Gambino," "Lizzo." They've got uh, "X Gonna Give It To You." Oh got my Soulja god! Boy. They've got they've got so much. There's a uh, Megadeth, Pixies. They have like. Jolene is in there. They have old. There's one that's like Jolene, Jolene. Yeah, there you go. Wow, that's uh, that that does this does that match with some of these? Well, that's what makes it fun. Is like the 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 main thing that you're doing in this game is every track is divided into four uh, separate sections. Usually, it's drums, rhythm, guitar, and vocals. Sometimes with like a um. 
like Carly Rae Jepsen, that song has like a horn section instead of like a guitar section. But what you're doing is, and, and they do a lot of the work for you, is you're putting these, uh, you're dropping in different tracks. So you'll be like, at this point where like in the All-Star where they're like doing the whistling, I'll, I'll drop the, the, the vocals in here and then I'll, I'll mute the horns over here. And essentially it's a lot. It starts off and it's and it's like super simple where it's like you don't have a lot of options, but uh, it plays on through like a campaign. I think there is around 36 um, sets in the campaign. The sets are pretty long. I think they're probably like 10 to 15 minutes uh, per level. And then you've got like 36 of those. So that's the main campaign. And as you do it, they're introducing new things to you. So the very first thing they teach you is, okay, on every fourth beat, that's when, if you drop something in, uh, that's considered to be good. And then they, they start showing you things like, okay, this song, this is specifically, you want to drop the vocals at this point, and you want to drop like the horns at this point, and stuff like that. Hmm. Does it go right into the beginning of the song, or just like a part? And the, like, if you, if you drop the vocals, how do you know that you're going into like the chorus or... Um, so <clears throat> that is a little tricky, but essentially, and, and I don't know how it changes later on, but the way that it works right now is as all of the tracks are essentially moving. So even the tracks that you have, so you have like a crate of songs and every time that you go into a mission, you choose like which songs you want to bring. And there's usually going to be like around maybe 10 tracks that you're bringing in 10 to 20. So all of the tracks are moving as the as things are progressing with your song. Uh, so essentially, like if you're 30 seconds in on your set, then every song that you've carried with you is at 30 seconds. Yeah, but that's not exactly how cor- like that's not how like a chorus. Like if you if you go into a chorus well, yeah. of one song, that doesn't mean that you're in a chorus of All Star, you know? Yeah, but it's I mean this is an amalgamation of things. Okay. And and it usually does seem to work out in a, in a pretty good way. And, and maybe that's based on the songs that they chose, but at the same time, their, their list is um, pretty diverse. So how much is this ga- a game versus how much is it like a, just an experience? Like, like you're actually getting to like just the enjoyment. How much is the, of the enjoyment is just you on the fly mixing songs and being able to find something interesting with with the way that you're mixing the music versus the actual yeah. gameplay like are you so that's a really good question and and i think one way to think about this is uh you know in in previous rhythm games you know you'll do like um you'll choose like a guitar hero and it's like well i can do through the fire and the flames on like expert mode and it's like really challenging but in this, it's not really like that. Like there's a campaign and there are fail states and things like that. If you can't keep up with um, like audience requests, like audiences will like request you to do certain things uh, in the campaign missions, there will be like uh, play this here, mute tracks here. So you have to keep up with that. But it, it's not anything like Rock Band in terms of like you need like congratulations, you did this on like five stars that means you're really good uh in reality the way that you are scoring points because there are star levels of like getting a five stars on this campaign and i think that if you were to try and just go for the five stars on all of the 
campaign missions, it would make you really terrible at this game. Because the way that you get points is essentially like drop mixes in on upbeats, like mute things in on, on like downbeats and things like that. And the more you do that, like the, obviously the more points you're getting. But what that's teaching you to do is just like, okay, so if you want to game the system, then just like constantly be switching things out like on every beat. Yeah. And it's going to make it sound really bad. Yeah, that's so, not going to be like actually int- like you... Yeah, like the like the the game. So the game doesn't really care as much for, like the game is just is just grading you on you switching a lot in a and doing things like on tempo and yeah, things like that. rather than like you as the player, you know, being like, wow, this is a crazy good combo. I'm gonna let this ride for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So the way that I've mostly been playing this game is I've been getting into Discord with some friends and doing the co-op freestyle while we have like people spectating us. Um, so there's a, a, a freestyle mode, which is kind of self-explanatory. It just like goes on. And then there's like co-op freestyle where I do some bars and then somebody else does some bars and we kind of like trade back and forth. They can make requests to you of like, put in this song or put in a countries or put in something from the seventies. And if you do that, then, uh, Nothing really happens. It's just like, cool, you did the thing. And and I think that that's a... And, and one thing that's nice about the co-op freestyle is you're still getting um, the meta progression points. So essentially, like, the way that you're unlocking songs and things like that in this game is you unlock them through doing the campaign missions. And you also have, like, a currency that you get as you level up. And it's a currency that's provided to you as, as you do... Um, like freestyle as you do like the campaign missions kind of everything gives it to you there's also a battle mode and i have i have no idea what that looks like and and then one thing that i think is really cool and probably is like the end game of this is that um every week they have these like social events where it's like this is a synth pop event so what we want and and there's like a, a record button where like essentially like everything that you do in this game uh they're recording so that at the end of it you like have it and you can show it off or share it and there's like these events that happen where essentially you submit something to the events and then people can upvote it if they think it's good and if you get like uh if your track is considered good then you get some cosmetics and you also get um, uh, cosmetics for um, upvoting things and for like liking things. So essentially, like they are rewarding you to vote. And, and I think that this is probably like the thing that a lot of people are going to get into is just like trying to make the perfect mixes for these different events. And it seems like they're doing maybe like two to three of these uh, every week or two weeks. And, and I think that that's where the real stuff comes in but there's also on, on top of just doing like putting in songs you're also putting in uh like you could drop in like electric drum samples and like one of the other things that you could purchase with your money currency is like different types of instruments so i bought like a uh, chiptune drums and i bought like a dub bass so you can like program these on like loops and there's like so for the 8-bit drums there's like I think 32 variations of it and you can create loops and then drop those in. And then one thing that I haven't gotten to yet because it's a little further down the campaign track, I've been taking it pretty slow is um, 
the the ability to add in like different effects where you could be like um, doing types of fades between different tracks and things like that, and uh, essentially like adding in like literal drops into songs. I guess they'll do a lot of um like like track packs and stuff like that, right? That is hardcore their business model. Why is this the only the Ti song they chose is Bring Them Out? Are you kidding me? I, I'm sure that they'll. There, there's some things that I feel like. So they did nail a lot of things. Like there's a lot of good stuff in here, but also where's like feel good ink? Like there's there's things that it's like this would be perfect. Where is it? You idiots. They have never gonna give you up, huh? They do. They do. And there's some fun things you could do with it. But you could tell that they definitely put some songs in here because they're like, people will make videos about this. Like, there are videos about just people putting Smash Mouth into all the other songs. They're so like, oh, you wouldn't expect Lizzo to turn into Never Gonna Give You Up. Look That's at this true. Rick Astley popping out of nowhere. But also people know the song, right? Yeah. And I think that... Yeah, these are all very... These are all songs that, that anyone should know. Yeah. So, I love it. I think that this is a I terrific... love it, John. I'll call it a game. I'll call it a game, but I, I think that it's um, really fantastic. Yeah, everything doesn't have to be a game, but that, that I, I I wasn't I, I don't think that that's a uh, that it doesn't matter to me one way or the other that it's more or less of a game. I was just wondering more uh, about like what does someone get out of this? Does someone just load this up to go for fifteen minutes and be like, oh, that's crazy? I mix this song with this song's drums and it sounds kind of cool. That's really interesting. Uh, or is someone out there like going to be unbelievable and they're going to be like, like, look at this person, the exact kind of thing you said of like someone playing fire in the flames, like look at their skill. They're mixing yeah. Lizzo with Rick Astley. Look this at them go. This person did it blindfolded. This person mixed Riz Lizzo with Rick Astley. This person played the entirety of Take On Me and didn't mix anything with it. I didn't unlock bold, that yet. Bold choice. It's, it's deeper into the campaign. I'm looking forward to getting that one. That the would DLC be a bold model is pretty wild. It's def there's a so there is a hundred dollar version of this game, uh, which comes with all of the current songs that are out. Does it have so sugar? We're going down. Mm, I don't think so. How do you not? I, I I didn't see it on the list, and it's like I feel like that's you gotta have that. It, it's weird to me that they have um, Panic at the Disco, and it's High Hopes. It's High Hopes, and it's not. I write sins, not tragedies. Yeah. Oh. So that's a bit, yeah. That's a bit of a of a weird choice, but they missed that. They missed that one. But I, I guess, the, I guess there's people who are probably more. There's more kids, I guess, that would probably yeah. TikTokers. If I want to curse, um, if I want to say, they that. have Evanescence. That's a pretty good one for this game. Um, so there's a hundred dollar version which has like Brain. an additional twenty five songs. I didn't, I didn't pick that up because I wasn't like crazy about all of the tracks. So. I just bought like the base version, and then I bought. I wonder what tracks you're missing out on. This is I'm doing this live. I'm gonna... So let me see. I bought the 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 DLC songs that I paid for are the Linger by the Cranberries, uh, Trap Queen by Fetty Wap. Oh and, my God! Oh yes. And Soldier Boy, and those are the ones that I got. I love Fetty Wap. Do you remember the summer? As a couple years ago, this was this would have been the summer of. Oh my God! Was it? 2015 i believe the summer I, I would have to check it out but i i would want to think i would think it's the 20, summer of 2015 when fetty wap was on every song and oh my god all you, you could not get away from my way and trap queen oh my god i loved it yeah 
there, there's definitely some stuff that uh, I, I might pick up with DLC. I might pick up Rock Your Body. Wow, they have emote packs, too. Just fully... Tra- Trap Queen, oh my god, yes. That is... There's emote packs? I feel like I should... Yes, there is emote packs. I feel like I gotta get those emote packs. Starships is a good song. Well, there you go. I recommend it. Uh, if you like music games, or if you're just like... If you... If you like some of this music, then it's probably worth. Wait, Evanescence, Bring Me to Life is not. That's a DLC. That is a DLC. One thing that's cool though is, um, if you are playing a co-op freestyle, and they have those songs, you can use them. You know what the best on here, other than obviously Fetty Wap here, is Schoolboy Q, Man of the, Man year. Of the year. Now that works. I feel like those that that is a song that if I'm trying to think about if I had Fuser. I would want that song because I think you could do a lot with that song. What about Womp? There it is. Oh well, that's oh my god, yes, that is. I don't have the that that, that 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 would write itself into every song, into any song. Yeah, I love this game. I totally recommend it. This is all the DLC though. Feels like there should be a little bit more than this. Uh, you know how they do it. Every when every Tuesday they're gonna come out with three new tracks. Bring Me to Life is their top selling DLC. Just so you know. Well, that just tells you about the PC crowd. It's a good song, and you can do a lot with it, so. Yeah. Their least selling one is Mark Ronson, Miley Cyrus, Nothing Breaks Like a Heart. That makes sense, I think. Kelly Clarkson's Stronger. That's very low on this, huh? Also, I don't need Maroon 5. Uh, yeah. You can get that out of here. They, They have got a look pack, Masquerade. So that's cool. Uh, I feel like this came out of nowhere. I didn't know this was this was coming out, but yeah, because they've literally said nothing about it. This game has had no. This was their Apex Legends, huh? Just drop yeah. it hot. Well, Apex Legends had a ton of marketing. Oh, uh, but prior to coming, because it it no, didn't. they shadow dropped it, but when they dropped Apex Legends, they paid millions of dollars just on on Twitch streams alone. Yeah, but this game this game came out. Over two weeks ago. That's how you sell a game. Yeah. Over two weeks ago, this game has been out. Yeah, it really needed... You'd think that there would be some major... Like, they should have got a Thanksgiving football style. Like, look at it, It's the Guitar Hero people making a DJ game that has... Oh, never, sorry. Uh, correction. Rick it's Astley. been out for one week. Yeah. And so it has Trap Queen. If you want... You got to get Trap Queen. I think it did come out like um, right at the cusp of new consoles, which maybe also doesn't do it any favors. Also, I feel like this game would suck with a controller. Like this uh, is a game where you absolutely you want to drag and drop. Yeah, yeah, and also just like all the hotkeys for like I am on this track and I'm pressing like all of the the four tracks are assigned to like ASDF, and I feel like you need that. So. Yeah. So it's this is sixty dollars and then two additional dollars for Trap Queen or Yes. Okay. So it's sixty two dollars. It is sixty two dollars. That's the base price of this game. <laughs> because you're not really playing it until you have Trap Queen. That's right. Oh man. But it's crazy because they also and I didn't I, I can't talk about like how complicated it gets because I'm not there yet, but it is letting you like mess with the, the tempo and key of these of these songs. But I guess that's probably expected but it's still pretty wild yeah there was a you you linked a video um of that, that was titled uh ruining songs and fuser with all-star smash with a uh, all-star from smash mouth 
Um, and it's not at all ruining songs. That song is not bad to begin with. It's, you know, like people remember it from Shrek. And that song actually came out before Shrek, if anyone. It was in Mystery Men. It was a very good song. And I remember that that was a whole nother summer. That was uh that was another big summer of just all star smash mouth and everything. And what, like 2002 or something yeah like something that? something like that or maybe 2000 on the dot maybe 2000 2000 on the dot because it because it should have came out kind of close to when because i was playing a lot of pokemon red and blue um and pokemon red and blue i think came out in 99 or 98 98 yeah it's 98 it came out in 98 because that was because 98 is ocarina and oh man 1999 was uh was all-star all-star released in 2001 what are you talking about i'm looking at it right now i'm looking now astro lounge came out in 1999 that all-star on it but then why did it get popularity in 2001 because if um, the other google search about smash mouth smash mouth album astro lounge released 2001 but then when i click on it astro lounge and wikipedia released june 8th 99 which would make there, sense because that's when i would have been playing a lot of um See, pokemon red came, and blue the shrek came out in 2001 okay so that's why u.s release date 98 september 28 98 well you know i played pokemon red for quite some time because you that would have been like i i remember by the time that smash mouth was on the radio was at the point when like my pokemon were like level 80 and we were doing like the cinnabar island missing no glitch like that was yeah what i was up to which like how did you find that how did i find that out you have to I, I think i wrote down shit like from some kid in the schoolyard told me that i had to, to you know you get so you know what's crazy is i was the one who brought it to my school how did you find it out you did not like i learned i learned about it from a kid at another school but I was the first one to bring it to my school. That's the that's the before you start uh, selling crack cocaine in the school as a as a child to your your schoolmates. That's the beginning of that. Is like, hold on, I, we gotta go talk to this the, the kid who sits in the back. He knows how to do missing no. That's crazy, right? That's the same thing as selling drugs. Process. It's an involved process, but I think that nobody knew exactly like at this point people definitely know exactly what you have to do but back then it was like you have to initiate talking you to have to talk guy, you have to you talk to the guy who explains how to how to catch a pokemon and then you fly to cinnabar island and then you go up and down the uh the the shoreline right I, but I for know. me like the the part that i heard was like you have to if you didn't trade with this guy then it doesn't work and if you didn't get like this out of the safari zone, then it won't work. So there were all these other like rumors of like, well, you had to have done this. Otherwise, it didn't happen. I thought the main thing was just that one. You just had to initiate that tutorial segment. I don't know. Who but knows? Someone knows. Someone internet. knows. It's not that hard to fight. This is honestly a Google away. And for a podcast, this is one of the most highly Googling podcasts that we've done. In a, in a series of podcasts that features just an extravagant amount of googling yeah i've been playing a lot of games i've been i've been just non-stop gaming call me so, neil gaiman because i'm gaming 
So you know how Galloway has been like talking about Dark Souls? Uh, it made me really want to play Dark Souls, so I did pick up Dark Souls 3 again. Uh, I'm not too far you? into it, but immediately I was turned off from the game when I uh, remembered that the way that you get to the first um, area in Dark Souls 3 is you have to teleport there from a bonfire. I don't remember that at all. I promise. I believe you, but it sounds like scuttlebutt, to be honest. I know. This sounds fake because how could they do this? This game that is so well-renowned for its uh, the the connectedness of its world. And yet... To start a game like that? Yeah. is So they do the tutorial. and You fight Gundir. Yes. You fight Gundir, and then uh, there's like one more area that slowly leads up to the Firelink Shrine. And that's like your hub world is the Firelink Shrine. And from there, you have to go to the high wall of Lothric. And the way that you get there is you have to sit at the bonfire and you have to travel there. And then it will send you to another place. And like, I I understand why that is. Like, because like the high wall of Lothric is a location and Firelink Shrine is a location that's far away. Like those two places are far away. But it, it just seems like a really shitty way to start a game that is all about, like, exploration. And it just bummed me out. And it made me remember a little bit why maybe I like Dark Souls 3 less than the other Dark Souls games. But it's also the only one that I haven't played through multiple times. I think most of my big memories are from 2, I guess. Or from 1, maybe. One is on. Which one is on Deadburg? That's 1. That's Dark Souls. That's 1. Yeah. So that's one of my best. Those, those are that's my favorite, but I do remember two as being a necessary and good step forward. And three, I never, I I I didn't love it. I finished it, but I didn't love it. And I think it was because it was after Bloodborne. So for me, it felt like a very serious step backwards. I just I absolutely love Bloodborne. I feel like Bloodborne was a pinnacle of From design. So yeah. Three did have, I, I think it had pretty good gameplay, but just that that part put me off. I'm still playing it. I'm currently on, I think the uh, the second boss, or I guess the first boss after Gundir, which is the um something the Beast of the Boreal Valley. Or oh something. yeah, uh, Vort. Vort. There you go. Wow, good memory. I remember him. He's ridiculous. He's not too bad though. He was a good. I I, I do like I I like uh, Udex Gundir because it for for me it was a good like we're aware that you've played a Dark Souls game probably at this point because we're not a niche game anymore and it's like Dark Souls three what felt like the Dark Souls that was like oh this is the 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 game game video gamers and non video gamers as a whole are somewhat aware of the existence of Dark Souls in a way that that has not been true uh, in in with Dark Souls 2 or even Bloodborne. And it felt like Udex Gundir was like, you are aware of this and we're going to start you out right with like a rid- way harder than it should have been, like early, early little gate. And, um, and, and then not necessarily that it was difficult, but also when it explodes and gets that crazy big arm and everything, just like, that they they're gonna pull it all out, you know, yeah. The same way that the the Udix Gundir does. 
So it's all right. I don't know. I also installed Neo, and I'll probably. I'm excited <laughs> for Neo too. That comes out in February on PC. February. February comes out February on PC, uh, and it's going to be the like comprehensive version. So, what happens in February is that Neo Two is releasing on the new consoles. Uh, so it's releasing with like enhanced graphics, updated textures, yada yada, uh, and at that time it'll release on PC as well. Why is Neo Two so? It, it it was such a lukewarm game. I mean, I, for me, I guess that's because I could imagine having known that it came out and just thinking to myself, oh, well, I'll play it when it gets to PC. Like, that's not relevant to me yet. But I really love Neo 1, so the, the fact that I don't really... So let me tell you this about Neo 2. You're calling it lukewarm. Metacritic, 85 based on 91 reviews. I'm just saying, but like, it's not, I'm not talking about critical reception, but you don't, Neo is not the game that has people talking about it, right? Like, I don't really hear that kind of, or like, you don't see it being brought up a lot. Like, I don't really. Everyone is talking about Tales of Symphonia. They, they're talking about your gosh dang. Oh, God. Octopath oh, no. Second. Oh, God. Octopath Second. Yeah. They're talking about your your AFK legends and your and your whatever arenas. AFK arena, yeah. They are talking about that, you're right. Talking about raid world of Raid, raid Shadow Legends. They're talking about raid shadow legends. Play the game that everyone is playing. Play the game that has people saying, I am playing this game on mobile and PC. Speaking of those games, have you been playing any more Genshin Impact? How's that? I have been playing it every day because I do these kind of things, and I'm still playing Epic Seven every day. Just like the the the, it it grows within me a cancer. But Genshin, what? They love you. I guess so. I feel like I can't stop playing Epic Seven because somewhat because of Guild Wars, where it makes me sad to think of me not participating in guild wars and us losing because of me but i shouldn't feel like that that's how they that's how they get you but i do like everything that i the the game has gotten better overall in many many ways and a lot of community complaints have been addressed and gotchas are a for i know very much about gotchas i know too much about gotchas I have I flown. Yeah. I, I am the Icarus that has flown you know more about gotchas than they do. I have flown close to the sun as Icarus, and I have, my wings have burned, and I have fallen into the sun's armpits. But All right. uh, calm down, nephew. But <gasps> it's a callback. Uh, but I, 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 do, I play these gotcha games, and they are, they are. It's, it's, it. The ones that are liked by the community and especially epic seven get there by being somewhat respectful to their players and epic seven has spent a very long time um making the game increasingly more accessible and better to the players and deeper and more interesting and all this kind of stuff and that's the other reason why is like i have all these characters i love all this artwork and stuff and i keep enjoying the direction it's going and they aren't doing anything terrible. I feel like I, I've played it long enough that if they did something 
horrific or obviously money grubbing or you know whatever's happening in hearthstone at the time like that something like that um that i would uh be able to stop perhaps but people are pissed at at hearthstone i know it's so funny it's great i was watching i was uh reading a this like day six of the protest and it was this long thing where this this person with some sort of illness was writing up about uh you know how to protest and this was the list of demands that they asked of blizzard and i just had to comment and i i never do this really but i just had to comment on just how hilarious it was that it's like this is your fault like you not being able to stop playing this game is your fault that like this game gets worse every day because of you whether or not you're spending money on it but your your inability to put it down when blizzard does something so player hostile it that's how they're able to do this stuff is like your anger is what like they ride that out and this is the kind of shit that like blizzard blizzard doesn't deserve a an out and a modicum of my respect right like i don't i don't even have the blizzard launcher anymore blizzard blizzard can absolutely go fuck themselves i will not spend a dollar on their games ever again like i just i do not want to give that company money they are that company is not run by the people that used to run it that company is not run by people with hearts it is a completely it is just a business and that's it and for people that still have any sort of respect for that company or you know think that they'll turn that they'll somehow become respectful of their of hearthstone players is like what would give you that indication when they've been doing stuff like this increasingly worse over the course of years what would make you think that like with all the horrible shit that they've done that they're going to listen to you and your demands for hearthstone absolutely not they don't give a shit about you and this is yeah and this is business tactics it's like you do something horrible because you're like we want it halfway i want the price of the, of a battle pass to be 30 dollars. so make it 60 dollars. let them freak out let everyone say they're quitting the game and then we lower it to 30 dollars, and it's a bargain and that's how you do this kind of shit this is this is business 101 and these people like the the, the fans are lapping it up people recently um called out the Apex developers respawn? were doing the same thing. Yeah, Respawn for doing the same thing. And they were like, oh, we knew that you would do this and then make a half measure. And then Respawn's like, no, actually, we really made a mistake and we're sorry and we're humans. And, you know, after talk about it more, we're just going to reduce the grind like even further. So essentially, like, here's what happened. The battle pass for the current season of Apex was really really grindy so they essentially took the grind and they cut it by half and people are like this is still way worse than it was but people hadn't figured it out yet like clearly some of these like people who were saying like respawn are assholes they did the math wrong and now the battle pass that's been like nerfed multiple times is so easy to do it's like insane and I'm, I'm going to have the, the battle pass done before it's like even halfway, maybe sooner into the season. And it, part of it, like, I, I trust Respawn for whatever reason. I, I just do. Um, well, they made, they made Titanfall, so I guess. 
Yeah, and also because like Apex Legends has absolutely zero pay-to-win elements in it, the battle passes like for ten dollars, like you could say that they're grindy or whatever, but like if you ten dollars for what you're getting in them feels really good to me. Also, it, it blows me away when people say something like the battle pass is grindy, because that's the fucking point of the battle pass. Like I don't know the situation with Hearthstone, but I, I don't feel like in Apex Legends, I'm playing more than I want to be playing because I have to do the Battle Pass. It's like, I'm going to be playing it anyway. The Battle Pass is giving me something to earn while I play it. Yeah. Which is totally different from Hearthstone because also Hearthstone has gameplay elements hidden away behind monetization. Yeah, I mean, card games by default. I mean, like not all of them because there are some card games that... Um circumvent this in different ways yeah uh, for example um riots legends are of Rutera, right which is extremely generous because uh there are no packs and everything is given to you as as wild cards so essentially like you're just crafting you get, the cards you want yeah you're just building exactly what you would like to have i i, I like elements of card drawing and packs i i like elements of that but it, it is a thing where you have to realize like there there was even you know with the most recent um magic the gathering like uh expansion like zendikar rising or something like that there was a lot of uh co like community feedback with just the rate at which like new packs and stuff are coming out and uh certain cards being important and rare and stuff like that and like oh this is bad for the game um and it's like you really have to know that like this is the exact business that you've always this is the business that you signed up for like as as someone who's going to play a card game like you're you're signing up for a slot machine you're signing up for a random and slot machine to begin with and Hearthstone has always been bad yeah have you been following the bizarre at all i've been no. following it for years and years at this point so i don't know if you remember this but at some point, Raynad stopped streaming professionally. Um, and, you know, he sort of uh, stopped being like a, a figurehead in Hearthstone because he's like, I'm just going to make my own game. Fuck this game. Yeah. So for years, he's just been building the Bazaar, which is a deck building competitive game. So it's like Dominion, but Hearthstone, where it's like not card packs. It's like Dominion. Yeah. But with like the sort of like fantasy theme of like uh, this is like the place called the Bazaar is this sort of like planet, which is like a middle ground of like all of these different races come here to shop. And like that's the sort of like aesthetic of it. But I I'm waiting for that. And I've just been like following. He's been like putting out dev diaries all the time. Seems like it could be pretty cool. I miss Duelist. I got chips. Oh, no. You're going to chip it on the podcast? Absolutely not. Yes, you will. Nope. Not without muting myself. I'm waiting for it to happen. Well, I've been playing um, uh, Genshin. I feel like I... Uh, oh. That was a skit. So you're still playing Genshin Impact? Yeah, they got a battle pass. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have they, they had one? For... They've had one all the time, all yeah, along, but you need to get to a certain part, like, of your account rank or something before you... Everyone's got a battle pass. Yeah, everyone's got a battle pass. Destiny has a battle pass. Destiny has a battle pass. 
Um, What's the, going on in Genshin though? Um, they have like a good. Uh, they have like a world event that is introducing cool characters and the next kind of story stuff going on, and it's all really good. And I'm really excited because I am not really playing it super aggressively. I'm not. I'm not even really meeting with all the dailies every day, and I'm not even like at the end game the way that people in the first two weeks have been. Like people who like pushed and grinded and did all this stuff. I'm just kind of you know logging in to. Like, the same way that, like, uh, in Breath of the Wild, uh, you would spend, you know, an hour, like, I want to go over this hill and see what's on the other side of the hill. Oh, there's, like, a little dungeon here for me to complete. It's, like, that's what I'm doing. I'll just do that for 15 minutes, go over the next hill and find a dungeon and, and do that. I'm not even, like, at the end game with any of the characters or uh, with my account level or anything like that. So I'm just enjoying it as it goes on. And the, the, the story and writing and voice acting is like incredible how top notch it is. Like they really put so much effort into the localization that, uh, it really ends off, uh, like paying, paying out. So I could either just like spend some time exploring the world a little bit or getting, doing one like story, pushing the story a little bit forward or doing like a, these like event quests and stuff like that. And then just being done. So still good. Uh, it's definitely one of those games where like similar to maybe like an overwatch is like every character that they introduce gets like so much fan art and they're so creative and people just like end up falling in love with them so much and doing, um, just a ridiculous amount of like fan art and shipping and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So uh, that's always a, that's always like a healthy kind I get uh, healthy in, uh, shipping I guess, is, is in weird. quotations. Yeah, it is. Well, the way shipping is almost a sign of like a healthy community of like you the people love the community so much that like every day you can go on to Genshin forums and look at new artwork and new and people are talking about all the characters and how much they love it and then like a new character comes out and people are doing tons of art and uh stuff and but shipping in general is like the ex you know, like it on the 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 fringes where you're like, just because this character exists in the universe with this character, like it's you they don't have to be dating or something. And then when people really like it and they start pushing these like, like oh this is a really hard hard pushing this one ship, then it gets weird that like the community is so far down like a rabbit hole that the developers or writers are not you know what i mean yeah. like where it's yeah. like oh yeah these characters love each other in the uh communities um like extra the, the community's like meta narrative and in the actual narrative is like yeah they've never been on screen together so i, I don't know why you guys are so hard shipping this, this but... character is a thousand year old witch but she looks like she's 16 and she wants to boink the protagonist yeah and the other thing with shipping i don't know if this is just me but it, everyone's gay in ships why is that because there's not a good gender diversity yeah, I guess, well, in some games there's not. Like, Arknights is a very great gotcha game, but there's mostly female characters, and because of that, like, you go on Arknights, and some of them actually are lore-correct, like, are, like, actual lore-correct ships or whatever, and, like, it's like, oh, that's that makes sense that you guys are doing a lot of, like, these characters together in artwork because the lore either, like, boldly or subtly hints at this, but then some of them are, like, way far down the rabbit hole with like yeah these characters have never had any interaction 
lore wise and yet the community is so sure that these characters are into each other what if what if you know what if these characters were gay um what if so that game is good i've been playing more destiny and destiny is certainly a thing and i i had terrible opinions of it uh on last week's podcast and i don't think i ultimately will change those opinions i think it's the worst expansion uh almost solely based on the fact that i know what a good expansion of destiny is these days and this is if anything if even with like like by the time they were talking about it the deep stone crypt wasn't out so the deep stone crypt is the raid that takes place on europa and the way that bungie has been doing these things i should have kind of known like they they come out with like big content or a new dlc um and they lock the raid for the first week or two and then when the raid is complete uh all these things will happen in the world um so usually like especially when when in forsaken it was kind of like probably the um the best the best example of this where there was this area called the dreaming city and when people completed the raid in the dreaming city um everyone got everyone playing the game at the same time got a new cutscene that interrupted basically whatever they were doing and changed the dreaming city and added all these activities and it added a three-week cycle and all these um like different things to do in the dreaming city and it added a mini three-person raid i think and it added all this like like new exotics and dungeon no there was like an actual raid that was like a three-person version no it was like a three-person version of the raid but um yeah yeah those three those three wait so you mean they took the the exact raid and they made it three people. No, but it was like similar or it was like a four person. It was something weird. It was like it was less yeah, than the normal amount. Person. I think it was a four person raid. OK, because they had dungeons. Yeah, three, per, three there is three people per dungeon. But I thought there was something that was like a three or four person raid. So, the, no, they, so there are strikes, which are not the same thing. So there are yeah. strikes and then there are dungeons. OK, so and yeah, they did, they did something like that. mechanics, but lower number of people. OK, yeah. So that sounds right. So they they did a lot. Um, and uh, with a, with a better name, everything has a funny name in destiny, but yeah, you were just like, eh, dungeons. Yeah. Dungeons. Um, well there's raids. That's a, that's a normal name. So yeah, they've done, they've done this before. They've done this before where, where, um, there were a lot of, and they, and they always kind of tend to do things where I'm sure in the game's code right now, there's an exotic that, um, people aren't aware of that either is time gated and will like unlock at some point or just exists and people need to stumble upon something that will set in motion some grander puzzle because that's destiny and they do that kind of stuff all the time. Bungie likes to do that kind of stuff. So I should have been, so when I was, when I was saying that it was just like absolutely horrible, it was before people did the deep stone crypt and by the deep, the deep stone crypt has been extremely well received and apparently, like, I, from what I've seen, and I've seen, like, I haven't done it myself, but I, I did watch, like, some of the, I, I watched lore stuff and some of the videos on it. And it's a really cool concept. It, it's the um, birthplace of all exos, which is just, like, uh, cybernetic, um, or, like, this android race in Destiny. Yes. And they are, exos are, or were real people that were given eternal life by... Uh, moving their consciousness over to 
and Android. Um, and there's tons of like interesting lore stuff that came along with this, as well as like a lot of uh, long time like lore characters that have been mentioned for since the the first year of Destiny. Um, kind of being revealed and having a, a part in it. But the Deepstone Crypt is like fascinating because it's been, since Destiny launched, it's been something that's been mentioned as the birthplace of all Exos. And the Exos like apparently dream of it all the time. And there's so much interesting stuff that I didn't even know about. Like, I don't know if you know why the what the numbers on Exos names mean, but do, do you? Like Cade no. 6, for example. You know how they yeah. all have numbers? Yeah. Um, that the numbers are uh, when their when their brain realizes that like like they, it's something to do with like a parasympathetic nervous system realizing that they aren't real like or that they're they're um, not like organic and that their heart isn't working um, that causes like a panic attack so that they have to like there's firmware that causes them to shut down and then reboot from the panic attack so that they can so that they can like resume normal functions and that their brain won't go like absolutely haywire realizing that they like actually aren't organic anymore um so that's and then whenever they do that they it kind of slowly causes dementia so the more times that they reboot the less they remember of when they were human and the re the number is the amount of times they've rebooted so where's kid 7 right he's just a robot just bring him back right yeah the, so there so there's there is some really cool lore stuff and the darkness is another big lore thing that like is has, has been talked about for quite some time so and then um after the raid uh came out uh there were more stuff there like the the europa got a little bit more full of things uh there was a lot of exotic quests that like unlocked suddenly and um there was a like a longer continuation of the story and more stasis abilities so that there is a little bit more mixing and matching with the stasis subclass uh so there's a little bit more and then also there was the season of the hunt and for me that actually is really good um so season of the hunt wasn't out either and that is like it really reminds me of Path of Exile. Like it's very, very clear that Bungie took Path of Exile notes on this because similar to any Path of Exile season, there's a like a new mechanic and it's kind of the like driving force of like how you're supposed to like get better gear. And it, it works in this really cool way. It's a really cool idea. So you while you're doing activities, you can get a drop that is that is basically like the beginning of like it's it's the boss that you will fight in this whole hunt thing and it's tied to a weapon. So it's like you will fight this boss for an auto rifle. And then you can use a, another other things you find while you're doing activities or you can also buy them off vendors for like the vendor currency while you're doing any activities, you kind of get this currency, um, is modifiers that will make the gear better and the fight harder. So you get three modifiers. You get to pick the weapon or the slot of gear that you want and get to pick three modifiers that will modify the outcome of it. And then after that, you like put place a lure down 
and then a boss spawns, and then you chase it through, um, so, like the overworld, go into a into combat with it, fight it and tons of minions, and when you kill it, you get the drop that you crafted, which I think is it. So you said it was metamorphosis. Hmm. Is it metamorphosis league or metamorph? Yeah, metamorph league. So yeah, um, it, this is a this is a very good. There's a lot of like different lore things that were in play in the actual season. Like one of the characters that was previously thought to be an antagonist and be dead uh, is alive for seemingly no reason but destiny i really do love the destiny lore and um destiny uh they do their lore writers do a good job with it do they do a good job with actually putting it in the actual game and front facing that no they don't they mostly do they a lot of times they hide too much of that really well written lore on the back end but um so it's an interesting season and it uh one of the biggest problems that people are complaining about is that um the way that leveling up your character works is that you have all these individual slots for your your helmet, your gloves, and your, your cape and whatever. And as you're leveling up, like you you are just trying to get the the, the levels of the those items you're are dropping at a little bit higher. But you might get unlucky, and let's say like you just can't find any good boots. So your most of your equipment is around light level. Um, what like a hundred. 20 or something like that or i can't even think of like what the numbers are um and uh this you're you can't find anything any boots that are of that level you're not getting lucky so this kind of uh circumvents that this lets you focus on you really have a bad primary right now so you get a auto rifle uh quest so you can slot that in and make the auto rifle you want um, so do you feel like this is offering you like meaningful like gameplay choices? Do you feel like this is actually like changing anything? Do you feel like maybe is this or is this a reason to like get on like what is it offering to like daily? Let's say. I mean, it's it's just it's it's kind of cool to have this that like the the way that the the overall loop of Destiny in this current year of it and what uh, they've fashioned this game to become is that you have is you're basically revolving around all these weekly quests. So every vendor, every like character has, or like there's all these characters that have these bounty quests um, for uh, do, there's, there's a Gambit bounty quest and there's Crucible PVP bounty quests and there's PVE bounty quests and bounty quests yeah. on every um, planet. And most of those, those bounty vendors are like, if you do eight of the bounty, their bounty quests in a week, you will get a guaranteed drop that is higher light level than anything you currently have powerful gear it is powerful yeah it is um it is powerful gear so you'll get like a a a higher light drop and that's how you kind of push your overall cuz then you you find gear that's basically around your level but whenever you do these like weekly activities or sometimes rarely in the world you find a drop that that is higher than your level you're moving that median number that like the mean of your gear up a little bit so it makes all the other drops a little bit higher and then you're kind of like bringing up that average level um so uh you're you're doing these kind of things you're doing like the game just wants you to do three pvps a week and do eight pvp quests uh you know punch three guys and throw five grenades and then once you do that, they're like, you got your piece of powerful gear from this. Move on. Go do something else. Go do uh, bounties in Europa. Go. 
And how have the uh, non-PVE things been? Like, have you been playing more Crucible? Have you been playing Gambit? Um, I haven't played any Gambit, but I did play the three required rounds of Crucible recently um, for, for all the weekly quests. And I was playing with bad gear, and I had fun, somewhat fun overall. Uh, like, Warlocks got nerfed a lot, and they were kind of the biggest sticking point of, like, the most unfun stuff in PvP that were, like, just constantly freezing you and you were having to mash to get out of it. But there's still tons of other problems. Like, the game has a lot of, especially when it's just uncoordinated, it's like there's the game has a lot of people running around sliding and shotgunning you, and because of network conditions and because of peeker's advantage like there's not if i was i was using like an auto rifle which is designed around like steady damage but low burst damage and that doesn't really play great because if someone runs around a corner and has a shotgun you don't physically have the time to be able to kill them before they can just slide shotgun you so that kind of stuff kind of ended up being a little bit lame um and I think it'll get more fun as I get something better or just play a little bit more of it. It's it, it's still it's still good, though. I mean, like, it's fun playing a lot of Aim Lab and getting better at aiming and then getting to put that on Destiny, where the movement isn't that fast. Like, you really can uh, it's click slow. on heads. It, it is, it is really slow. And and the way that people, like, like Destiny and Bungie games in general have this, like, kind of jump and this floaty jump. So a lot of people have these floaty jumps, and you can, like very well predict where a head will be so a lot of the game is just like really asking you to get those headshots and like if you spend a lot of time in aim lab um you could be kind of rewarded there seems like a good overall balance people other than stasis people are like oh this is the best balance that uh of guns that have ever uh that they've ever had in destiny pvp and like the worst archetype was scout rifles and they got a buff so okay so, th so there's 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 some hope there, and, and then to go back to the main thing is like, I'm I'm wondering if it would ever be like, would you ever have Destiny like at this point in your gaming career, would you consider Destiny to be like a good PvP game? Do you think that it would ever be like your main PvP game? I used to love Os uh, like Trials of Osiris, but and uh, if there's not really my friends aren't really playing it, I don't think it's my main PvP game, and I I don't think that it um it ever can be like i i don't really i love destiny for their wholly unique and bizarre dark soulsian sci-fi mixed with wild west um atmosphere and uh the overall you know that the bungee 30 second loop like those are that's that's why i play destiny and um they'd never have successfully balanced PVE with PVP. And, and take case in point is the Warlock super, right? Like, sure. I, I don't think that was thought to be overpowered in a PVP sense or PVE sense, but in PVP having this period of being able to freeze everyone is like patently unfun or being able to throw out like a freezing Hadouken is like that's fun in pve and it doesn't affect the person standing next to you and it doesn't really even affect content but if you're doing that in pvp then it is unfun and bungie has never successfully like i don't know why they haven't like this has been the the story of wow pvp for the last decade is that you you have to design 
two unique sets like you have to change those variables or change the way that moves work once you got go into pvp because you cannot smoothly like transition between those two like you can't make a gun that like a vex mythoclast that is going to make you feel like you're on top of it and it's like you're the coolest baddest person in pve and then you go to pvp and it's like well now no one has fun versus you because you're a monster like they've never done a good job with that and then i have valorant which has no pve and is just designed around pvp so that's as it should be yeah so it, you know like I, I don't i think that the pvp is fun when they say especially when they say do three of it a week right like i can tolerate three of it a week i can be like wow i'm, I'm amazed at how much uh aim lab has paid off for me um and then i can just be done with it rather than focusing on it and being frustrated by the 10,000th sliding shotgun. Yeah. All right. Let's go Destiny. Or at the very least, it's, it's yeah. Destiny that we've talked about. I've been Maybe watching so much of these, like, there, there's like a three-hour Destiny lore video that I watch. I've, I've been back on Dark Souls lore videos. Just, I uh, love Dark Souls lore. Just trying to get back on, on that too, while I play through the game. It's amazing how much, like... And Destiny, Destiny and Dark Souls, uh, this, this can go either way for both of them too. Is that there's there are people behind the the narratives of these games that are putting in like just truly just God's work. Like oh my God, they are writing these intense, long, and fascinating stories that are being told as the backdrop of the game, not as the, not in the forefront. And it's kind of like th that style of narrative that style of like like it, it's like making a movie where the main character is walking down the street and you're following them and then like a robbery happens behind them and that's the and the movie is that the movie is like you're looking at the main character but what's happening behind like what was that robbery over there that sounds that looks insane like they they didn't get involved in that at all and like that's the way that they do these these like souls and destiny kind of where you're not really you're adjacent to the story but you're not really always a part of the story and they do so and the people do so much work to make these incredible stories that you're just adjacent to yeah i don't you ever I, think about you ever think about revisiting a dark souls game um i wanted to i was thinking a lot about it in the same way that you were and i was playing a little bit of sekiro and i got up to the flaming bull boss and there was nothing like i died to it once but i was just like i just am not enjoying there's no the, the kind like souls to me the reason why i play it is i want to see the next area i want to see the next boss i want to see the next drop or something and in sekiro i was just not getting that at all it's like i every area looks the same to me and i i don't really care about the next boss or drop or yeah have you have you replayed any of the souls games are there ones that you've played through multiple times bloodborne i played through twice okay otherwise all of them uh one time yeah that probably sets you up. I bet you probably have a pretty good time playing through uh, those games again because you, if you haven't played them in a while, then you probably they're probably pretty fresh for you. Yeah, I would play Demon Souls, eh, the remake. I wonder. I, that's the worst of those games. It's still pretty good though. It is. It is the earliest of them, but still good. So I've still been playing Noita, and they just patched it again. They put in another fifteen spells, a bunch of biome modifiers. Uh, six new enemies and then obviously there's probably some weird new secrets that nobody's figured out yet i, I think 
I still haven't beaten the final boss, but I think that like, as of today, I, I've started to have some runs that I'm really proud of. And, and I think that I'm actually learning the game at this point. I'm like, uh, how many 40, hours in are you to be saying this? 49 and a half. Oh my God. And I've just learned like some new tricks with certain wands of like, uh, there's, there's an ability called explosive shot and it modifies a shot uh to do area of effect damage but there are a couple of spells that interact with it specially and if you put it on like bouncing burst or you put it on an arrow then it just deals an extra 300 damage or i found out that there's these abilities that are mists they don't deal damage all that they do is they like create a mist in an area and if uh you walk into it then you get soaked in that so there's an ability called Slime Mist, where essentially like it creates slime and it slows anybody down who walks into it. But you can put damage on it. And then if an enemy walks into it, it'll it essentially creates like a poison field because this thing that previously did no damage is now ticking for damage. And then you could put homing shot on it, and then you've essentially created like this like uh, swarm of locusts. So, so it's like this mist that will follow enemies around and kill them and then like go to the next one. And so I've started to find like these new different builds uh, for ones. And like, I'm watching different streamers and, and it seems like everyone has different approaches to this game. They're building like different ones and they're all just like looking at like one person. There's only so much that you'll learn, but like watching multiple people, you realize like how, much strategy and like how many different options there are and it really is the case of like this is a game where you could be having a good run but you have no idea because you don't realize like the power of what you're carrying so that's been really exciting to me of just uh i i get excited to see different things now that my um my my knowledge of the game has started to expand you have that language the Neutral yeah. language yeah, I'm loving it. Game of the year, 2020. Oh wow! Unless uh, Cyberpunk is better, but otherwise, what about like a dragon. Uh, I'm sure that'll that'll probably it could be number three. Um, it could be. We'll see. A lot of good games this year, actually. It was a good game year overall, right? Yeah, Valorant came out this year, right? Oh yeah. Out of nowhere, kind of seemingly out of nowhere. I mean, I I I saw the trailer for it and uh when it was like game a or whatever and i uh i i assumed that it was coming like pretty far i i thought that, i thought like, it was further was, down the line right first i thought it was like a 2021 game but yeah and then and then i and then i only cared about it more when like, i was like oh wow you're gonna make a csgo game that isn't doesn't have rampant cheating that's phenomenal that was alone what i was interested in and then when the beta was going to drop, that was like the first time I was like, oh, this game, I didn't even know this game was coming out. I thought this was like a thing that they were doing on the side. Yeah, the beta situation, like with the keys, was pretty annoying, but that's okay. That's all water under the bridge at this point. I guess so, but don't do that again. That didn't Other work out. Other people have started following suit, but it kind of fell off. I know that when Hyperscape came out, they did literally the exact same thing. But uh, that game also, Hyperscape, just got a deathmatch mode. I think that that can work on a smaller player base, like a smaller amount of people who you can really get those keys to 
and not have them frustrated is fine but when it's riot doing it like if it was like riot or blizzard or activision or someone like you can't do that like unless you have unless you really are going to open the floodgates and you're going to let everyone in for you to like force people to watch twitch streams and then just like hope that they luck out when you're giving them a small group of people the keys is just frustrating like that's just bad if you if you're really gonna do that you need to have the keys to really like give meet the demands right yeah Whew. i think that those are my video games oh give thanks that's a lot of video games what are you mm. thankful for this year i'm thankful for uh 306 votes yeah 306 electoral votes i'm thankful that 306 is a higher number than whatever the other number was a low number the, the uh, 80 was, uh... 80 million is a high number it was a landslide. Let's just put that out there. It was a landslide. Uh, Biden, hashtag Biden cheated 256,000 um, trending on Twitter. I can't believe that Biden cheated, and I can't believe that he wasn't smart enough to cheat the Senate. Yeah. Like, if you were going to cheat, you got to cheat better than that, guys. You got to get the Senate. Why didn't you win all the Senate races? You yeah. were stuffing the ballots, right? Stuff the ballots with the... You got to stuff that undercard. Put that... Put those, stuff it down the, like, mark them down the ballot, straight down the ballot. The Sharpie thing, got to do that. You got to Sharpie all them to be able to get 50 votes at once, right? Why didn't you do that? I could have been a better cheater than you. Here's the deal. Come on, man. Mm, what are you actually thankful for? Um, I'm thankful that, uh, honestly, well, that was... That you didn't think that was honest. I, I'm so happy. I, like I could not even say how happy I am that there's not four more years of this horse shit. I'm I'm happy that this ship is that my that the overall world's course has been slightly righted um, by lefting, and uh, I'm happy that I'm happy personally because I got sick early on with Corona, and uh, that I. That, that I my family kind of got sick, but everyone is okay. And thankfully, I wasn't unlucky enough. I was lucky enough to not lose anybody because of it. Um, and that my family mostly took it very seriously and uh, tried to be safe and secure and, and you know, like quarantined and uh, that I we didn't lose anyone. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for... I love video games. Valorant has made me so happy this year. Like from a game standpoint, I just absolutely love that game. Um, I'm yeah, just thankful for that. I that everyone's happy and healthy. I'm thankful that I'm wor I'm working out these days. That oh, yeah. that I'm I'm thankful I, I for my some, uh, individual health. I bought some free weights. Oh yeah, what do you got? Uh, twelve pound. Uh, what do you call them? The bicep dumbbells curl. or dumbbells. Yeah. yeah. Got a couple of twelve pounders. That's a good start. There's a lot of stuff you could do with that. Yeah. But I also feel like I need to get the protein because I have nothing. Like, the muscle is not going to come out of nowhere. And I have nothing on me to turn into muscle. Yeah. That was one of the things that, like, I was working out. Um, that Like, I, I had, like, a positive reinforcement loop uh, where uh, they, they built a gym in my station, my EMS station. And... Uh, I, my partner, um, started like before coronavirus when, when, uh, 
it was get it got quiet for a little while because no one really wanted to call 911 because no one wanted to go to the hospital and there wasn't that many cases in New York and uh during that time we had a little bit more time to stay at the station and he started working out more and then he kept getting more serious and looking into it more and then they built a gym there and then I slowly got a little bit more serious and it was very frustrating at first and I wasn't really enjoying it and it was just like pushing yourself to do something that you don't enjoy because you know that there's a positive benefit on the other side of it. And uh, over time, and especially with like, I I think this, I know how this sounds, but the, the, the protein, the way protein was the point where um, like there was, there was a, a month of working out where I was like, I wasn't really seeing great results. And this could be empirical based on the fact that like, Okay, so if you work out for one month, are you going to see more results than you're going to see in two months? Like, so then I started, uh, like, uh, protein shakes and whey protein after a workout. So you're supposed to get around, like, 30, within a 30-minute window from when you're finishing working out, um, when your muscles, like, begin a rebuilding process. And if you get, like, around 30 grams of protein and your bloodstream has a high amount of protein, it helps in the cellular, like, like uh, division and rebuilding. Um, but, so then around the second month of it and with the protein which i felt was really making a big difference i was like oh my god now i'm really seeing the actual benefit i'm for the first time in my entire life i'm like actually not hating the way i look and uh i was also seeing benefit from the amount of like weight that i was putting up and cardio too like that i was getting like 30 40 minutes on a stairmaster you know without stopping do you uh, work out at home a lot, or is it almost all? I, I work out a little bit at home, and there's stuff you can do at home, and then like a treadmill or something, right? Yeah, I, I have um, a stationary bike. I have a um, like eighty pound mini barbell, and I have. Uh, I think these are probably the bet. One of the best things you can get for, especially for the price, is a perfect push up. Um, those are those are really amazing because those are extremely cheap, easy to store, and they put a lot of like they 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 are like, one of the most efficient ways to work out your guys. Yeah, yeah. So, what makes the perfect push up better than like a rig just doing push ups? Um, you have this. So the perfect push up is this kind of like disc where you're you're holding these this bar and you're turning the disc as you're going up, and because of that, you get your entire upper body um and and more of your triceps in it more so the same way that like you're almost combining like a dip motion and be and because it's the the, affordable working out like so there's uh, like it's fascinating it's a fascinating world to get into especially when you hear people who like are by all intents and purposes like meatheads and like there's there's personal trainers that i work with um, and I've talked to them before and the amount of time and investment and knowledge that they have and studying they had to do to get to where they are is unbelievable. Like the amount of, and then, and then the knowledge about nutrition and how you're working out and the mechanics of that and the mechanics of actually like building your body and everything is, is insane. But one of the so big, the reason why they're meatheads is because they're spending so much of their mental energy. Just yes, they're, they're working out because the, 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 you know, those people who are big and thick at the gym it's not, they're not just working out their muscles. They're working out the most important muscle of them all. That's their brain. 
and they're and that's what they're having to that's where they're doing the big heavy lifting it looks like they're doing heavy lifting it looks like they're doing bicep curls but really on the inside of where their brain that's where they're they're doing the real curls you know what i mean and i think it was the curls that we made along the way that made us stronger well that's you know? good it sounds like you have a lot to be uh thankful for yeah i do have a lot to be thankful for it is honestly a great i'm in a great position i'm very happy what about you Ooh, this has been my best, um, most, like, my anxiety this year is lower than it has ever been in my adult life. That seems strange and, given the year. And part of it is the work from home. Yeah. I, I think that, like, I'm I'm just getting more sleep. Uh, the my, my quality of life has just improved so much That's because, fair. like, getting on the subway, I, I'm not going to say that it's, like, frightening, but it is, like it's a fucking trip, you know, like you don't know, like sometimes I just be on the subway and like someone just starts pissing or somebody gets in yeah. a fist fight. And it's like, it's, it's a lot to like worry about. It's like, a lot of visual like, stimulus, isn't it? First thing in the morning when yeah. you're just like, trying to keep to yourself. So it's like having that part of my life just like completely cut out. And like, I'm spending more time with my wife. I'm spending more time with my dog. Like it's so amazing. Um, the fact that I'm even like employed to begin with is yes. uh, great. Yeah. Um, obviously like things suck right now for a lot of people. So there is sort of like this weird dichotomy of like everything is shit for everybody, but I'm thriving in, in a way that makes me feel like guilty. You don't have to be like guilty, like, but I've been donating money where I can, like I, I gave my stimulus check away when I got it. Um, but yeah, just a, a little bit guilty of knowing like, oh, well, the housing market is going to be terrible because a lot of people are going to lose their homes because they can't work. But since I got to work, I'll be able to buy a home really cheap. Yeah. And stuff like that is, uh, I don't know, it, it's weird to think about, but uh, that, that kind of stuff does have me thankful just like that, that this year hasn't been so hard on me that I've had more time to spend with my family, that my hobbies are all indoor hobbies. Yes. And this year I... I usually feel guilty about the amount of time that I stay inside, but the amount of time that I stay inside has made me a, a, a hero this year. I'm <laughs> yeah. by not going outside. Uh, so, so that's been pretty great for me. Uh, so that's, that's mostly what I'm, what I'm thankful for. It is. There's a lot to say about someone who just like, or just that general commute, you know, being able to, uh, you have work at, you know, 9am or something like that. And that you can wake up at 845 and like turn your computer on and you don't have to worry about getting ready getting prepared like uh showers how you look getting not missing the train what's that someone is pissing on the train like th i could totally see how all those things just factor into a sort of like constant chaos that is that just keeps you from ever settling in and then just be able to wake up and be on your computer and like safe in your home yeah, and I'm saving money. Like, I'm not paying for the commute. I'm not paying for like Manhattan lunch. So that stuff has just been it's just been better, you yeah. know. And also, like, work is less stressful when it's like, if I have to work late, at least I don't have to stay in the office to do it. Like, I'm home. I can like listen to my music out loud. I can like watch videos or TV on the side. Like, I'm still getting my work done, but it's like in the environment that I want. Yeah. So it's been it's been good. I've been I've been excited that 
that this has been the year somewhat to, to you know starting with um animal crossing but this has been the year that uh we've gotten a chance to grow out our uh online friend base a little bit more and play with a more like diverse set of people than we've ever played with um yeah. that it's not just like you know you me and ryan galloway thank you ryan galloway and bumper for the use of your music we use the intro and outro you can get it off the new album pop songs 2020 you can find them at youtube where you can get links to all their merchandise and that there's more people playing stuff with us and this is also a good year for like those types of games like there was you know among us and i have many gripes about among us as a game but among us as a as a whole the entire experience and um the times where we were getting on with full 10 groups of people um and playing this game like i had a, 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 like a huge blast and valorant with uh when we get the full five person group is like is it doesn't like match you know anything else like i just absolutely love that what you said uh it's easy to get that five person group too yeah at this so it's fun. it's fun and and playing jackbox and all these other kind of experiences have been like really cool to have a bigger group of people that want to do stuff online that, that are like also stuck indoors you know yeah, we're going to have to figure out what our game of the year looks like this year, too. Um, I will say this. Terrible year for board games. A very bad year for board games, unfortunately. Uh, and it's a bummer because I just, um, I have my battle concept, like, organized. The, they they keep sending me these games. The past, <laughs> the past me bought these games, and I don't know. I curse the past me all the time, and I, I don't know why the past me thought that like see you buy these games and you're like i could see 80 dollars go right now for how cool this experience will be and because i don't want to miss it but you never think about the fact that like that is gonna exist you're gonna get that in the mail and you have to figure out where you're gonna put that and what Ooh. if you don't want to play it what if like it doesn't what like some of these games especially kickstarter games like don't turn out to be exactly they don't work in practice the way that they worked in theory you heard the theory of it you heard like how this game could be cool is these mechanics matched with these and the components are going to be super high quality and the artwork is going to be great but then when you get it it's like well the artwork could be good and the components could be high quality but maybe these concepts don't really play out great in practice yeah i've i mean i'm still waiting on some games so i this year the kickstarter games that i've gotten in the mail um, were BattleCon, which obviously that's that's a totally good game because I don't know if you I, I think I've mentioned this before, but the BattleCon Kickstarter, what it is, is it introduced some new characters into BattleCon and it just gave you these giant boxes and all of these like deck boxes to organize all of the characters. So now every character in BattleCon, so BattleCon is a 1v1 uh, fighting game. And the way that they've done it now is every character gets a little deck box that has their own base cards, their own special cards. All the tokens just fit in this. So when you're figuring out who you want to play, you don't have to like rifle through everything, take out their cards, take out their tokens. Nope. You just grab their box, you pull it out, and it's ready to go. Uh, and, and this has been the way that Level 99, and, and you can tell from Imperial, this is the way that they've been like, putting their stuff together is, is they've been really about the way that their games fit in a box. So they're actually going backwards through their catalog and retroactively 
um, creating these like organizers. So they're making Kickstarters that will be an expansion and will also be an organizer. So it's something they did for BattleCon. It's something they did for Millennium Blades, uh, which is still to come. So I got BattleCon this year and I got uh, Fort, which wasn't even a Kickstarter. That was just a pre-order. And I'm pretty happy that I got Fort, even though I haven't been able to play the physical game yet. But I'm still waiting on some games. I'm waiting on a boss monster, and I'm waiting on a steampunk fusion rally. Oh, and I got the magic puzzle, which was amazing. I finished it. Yeah, I want to try that out. I was blown away by the way it ended. It was amazing. Did not expect it. it That's so cool. So good. I don't even know what that would mean, but I I don't know. Well, um, what if? What if soon you came over? And we played some BattleCon, and you borrowed my magic puzzle. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm happy that you uh, you visited uh, me for my birthday, and that no one got sick. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing tomorrow or Sunday? You know, I'm not sure. I think we could probably work something out. Um, if you to do something like tomorrow or Sunday. You know, we could get some uh, Korean food. Let's workshop that. There, could, that could be, that could be. Thanks, doable. everybody. This is our podcast on video games and the people who play them. Uh, com. that's where you go to find it you could also find it on spotify on itunes you probably know that because you're here listening to it uh it's under wtdg podcast or what's w you can also rate the show i don't know if you could rate on spotify but you sure can on itunes you could even leave a comment i've never seen them but maybe they're there i don't know i don't look uh and you can follow us follow us on twitter which is uh, at sign wtdg podcast the the ad sign is silent but the wtg podcast uh is loud thank you ryan galloway and bumper for the use of your music we use the intro and outro you can get it off the album bump uh, pop songs 2020 you can find them on youtube where you can get links to all their merch all right sounds good to me keep it sleazy keep it sleazy is that what we're saying that's what we're saying i'm all i'm here to sleaze and i'm here to breeze and i'm all out of breeze Sounds good, nephew. Oh, no. And it turns out... Oh, I was going to say that it was going to turn out that you were actually my father and not my uncle. What would that mean for our lineage? What does that mean? I'm not sure.